welcome to the Good Talk Podcast, where we remind you of the joy of life, the love of God, and the possibilities that lie ahead. Pete and Jordan here with episode 97. When the good is keeping you from the essential. Ooh, you like that one? Is it too artsy for you? No, because there's a little bit of context to that. It's not like... When the good is keeping you from the essential. Yeah, no, I like that. I probably have a lot of that in my life. We're really talking about what I think is the number one enemy of productivity. The number one enemy to actually getting the things you really want to do done. Okay. I like it. It'd be fun. That sounds practical and helpful. Yeah. Um, How excited are you about this weekend? Not. No, I'm very excited about the weekend. I am like a little bit anxious about we're traveling with Pepper um, for the first time on a plane. Obviously, we have lots of experience with planes, but Pepper is two. And Mm -hmm. um, I really think zero to 12 months would have been cake, like super easy. Now she has opinions and wants to assert her power and control. And you cannot do that on a plane. So um, that's my nervousness. I I understand. I'm super excited about it. Oh, I know. I am too. Uh, I am too. I know. But it is kind of your worst nightmare because you like controlled environments. I just like routine with Pepper. pepper. Yeah. Yeah. And I get that. And, and everything about the weekend is, is really hard to plan because we're not in our surroundings. She doesn't have her bed, her room, all that. So I understand. And that's fine. It's just like, if you guys have ever had a baby toddler, you know, like naps are what keep them sane and not act like total animals sometimes. (laughs) So Pepper, like a tired Pepper is just extra. Yeah. Extra, um, extra fussy, frustrated, yeah. all the things. So, you know, you like when you're visiting somewhere, like we're going to visit Michigan when you know so many people there. I know some a lot of people there. You want them to be like on their best behavior and like <laughs> loving people and just being like easy to be around. And I could just picture Pepper just like raging in the lobby. So we'll see. Yeah. Who could, it, I'm excited. It'll be great. It's going to be great. She's going to do great. I'm pumped for her. She only th- knows of airplanes with you because. So whenever you're gone, like speaking on the weekend, um, she'll look up at an airplane and be like, yeah, daddy's on an airplane. And so she says, airplane, dada. And then when we told her that we were going on an airplane with you, she keeps saying, mama, daddy, pepper, airplane. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking to her a couple of days ago about it, which was a mistake because everywhere we went that day, she's she like, airplane, we airplane, airplane. Yeah. Airplane? And uh, ironically, the first place we went after we told her we were going on an airplane was her two-year-old checkup where she got a shot. <laughs> I was like, this is not an airplane. <laughs> Don't be scared of airplanes. Anyways, it's going to be fun. I'm pumped. She usually does better than I expect. So I just need to like yes. let go of To all, all of our friends in Michigan who will be seeing this weekend, <laughs> please just give us a little grace. If you see us running, me, <laughs> me, running around like a chicken with my head cut off in the lobbies or wherever else, I'm very sorry. I wish, I want to say hello to everybody. <laughs> Anyways, okay. When the good is keeping you from the essential. Let's yes. go. So, uh, it's interesting when, and I, 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 I use the illustration a lot of coaching because it's so clear to me and a lot of people that, again, enlist in coaching with me it's because there's something that they want to accomplish in their life that for whatever reason they haven't been able to accomplish yet Mm -hmm. and often uh, they think it's because of procrastination they Mm -hmm. think they need more accountability or staying on their habits or goals whatever and sometimes there is a level of procrastination but for the vast majority of people I work with procrastination is not their biggest issue that's not what's really holding them back from getting what they want 
it is distraction. Mm-hmm. That that is the the key issue. It's distraction, and I, I think it's safe to say in our society we deal with more distractions today than we ever have. Yeah. Right. And I mean, we could name so many of them, but probably the biggest one for all of us. I mean. For those of you listening to this right now, it's probably the device that you're listening to this podcast on. Yeah, yeah. It's your sure. phone. Yeah. I, I think it's it, it's one of the biggest distractions out there. It gives everyone, I think about it in my own life, it gives everyone, including huge swaths of people that I've never even met, access to me at any point. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a DM on social media or a text, that's a little less likely. But there's so email, there's so many ways that people have access to you through your phone. Mm-hmm. And that's just people contacting you. Let's not forget that there are thousands of distractions that live on that phone that are very easy for us to run to yeah. when we feel like we just need a mental break. Uh, I looked up some stats on this. is so fascinating. Average person checks their phone 81,500 times a year. That's once every 4.3 minutes, which means for those of you listening to this podcast on your phone, you will likely check your phone six times during this podcast. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah, I do too. But that doesn't, that doesn't even blow my mind, which is sad, but like, I mean, I'm just, I'm equally as guilty. I'm not saying it's sad, like for the people who do it, I'm saying like the fact that it's not surprising to me. So. Yeah. No, I mean, you, you see it everywhere we go. Yeah. Like people are on their phone and again, what a wonderful tool, right? Yeah. It's used correctly, you can get a lot of stuff done mm-hmm. with that little thing you can connect hold in your with hand. people. Like it's good and bad. Like I, there are healthy boundaries that obviously should be in place. Um, I don't know that I have those, but yeah, I think there definitely is a good and bad to it. Yeah, and then you add on top of that that we just naturally live in this information age where we're constantly bombarded with the distractions of things we should do or that we should stop, which may or not fit our plan for our life. But people are going to, whether it's through social media, whether it's through the news, you're constantly being told you need to eat better, you need to sleep better, you need to exercise better. You know, you're being reminded of what's going on in the Middle East, what's going on in Inner Mongolia, what's going on in Washington, Mm D.C. You're told you might be ruining your child if you're feeding them these two or three things. I think about how many conversations you and I have had randomly where you see something, you're like, oh, no, should we be doing Mm -hmm. that? Should we not be doing that? You know, the news of the economy is good or it's bad, so you need to adjust in this way. Click here if you want to see 20 cute cats playing with each other. I mean, it's just nonstop distractions. There's actually a form, I read this story, there was a form of torture in the Middle Ages where they would tie a man's limbs to four horses and, and let them loose. And the French actually... That's awful. Can we terrible. pause for a second? That's terrible. Yeah. Can you, just you imagine? Ju- you just breezed right through that. Well, it's because it's a form of torture in the Middle Ages. I didn't feel like I needed to spend a whole lot of time on it. Dang. Okay. Well, keep going. Sorry. But they actually called that form of torture distraction. And it is a beautiful picture of what I often feel like in a day-to-day life where I'm being pulled in four different directions constantly. Yeah, I, I think I would call that something different than distraction. <laughs> okay. That's okay. what they called it. I do get the visualization of it, though, like you're being pulled in all the directions. Yeah, they called it distraction. And, and it is, I think, a, a, a really cool picture of what a lot of people feel like day in and day out. They're pulled in so many different directions yeah. that they can't really focus on what's most important to them okay. they feel like they're being pulled apart now i think a lot of people right now might be listening and say you know i'm actually pretty good i don't i don't think 
like distractions are getting me off course. I would, I'd be really interested though in asking the people closest to you if they feel like distractions are impacting you. Because often we don't see it. We've become so used to being pulled in all those different directions that we don't realize that it's, that mm-hmm. it's hurting us. Ask your spouse. Ask your kids. Ask them if they think you as their husband or their wife or their mom or their dad, if they feel like you're often distracted. Mm-hmm. And, and see what their response is. Because I think a lot of us are very distracted and don't even realize it. Yeah. So there's two main categories I want to talk about that I see this play out most often. It's relational and professional. Are you talking about just with phones or just in general? No nope, distraction. Okay, okay. In general. Although it's, it is often a phone. But yes, it, it goes much further than that, right? Because you're yeah, pulled much. by work, you're pulled by social stuff, you're pulled by family stuff, uh-huh. and then you can add in all the other Got stuff it. we talked about. But the two big categories, relational and professional. Relational, I think distractions are destroying a ton of relationships. And destroy... Sounds like a really strong word. It might be that it's leaving them very mediocre um, because I think you can live in a distracted relationship your entire life if you want to. But I do think that distraction is often the greatest enemy of intimacy. Distraction makes intimacy almost impossible because you see in order for someone to feel intimate with you, whether that's your spouse, a child, a good friend, they have to believe three things about you. They have to believe, number one, that you consider consider them a priority mm-hmm. in your life. Number two, you have to have plenty of unrest time available for them. And number three is you're giving them your undivided attention. Those three things have to be in place in any relationship for intimacy to naturally be facilitated. Yep, I agree with that. And busyness and distraction make those three things almost impossible to do on a regular basis. So distractions, a lot of counselors would say, keep our most important relationships to a somewhat shallow because mm. they're never able to go super intimate. Uh, to keep us from having you know deep conversations, unrushed time where we're just enjoying each other, right? And so, um, you know, it's like I think about this all the time when I sit down with somebody for like a, just a casual lunch meeting. If I take my phone and I place it face up on the table, essentially what I'm communicating to them is, hey, I'm here and I'm paying attention to you, but if something more important comes along, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to ditch you. Yeah, yeah. Right? So it's not really me and them sitting there at lunch. It's me, them, and whatever possible distractions could pop up in the next hour and a half. Yep. And that gets communicated in so many different ways. I know I'm, I'm really like being hard on the phone thing, but I just think that this is the most obvious thing. I see it. I see it with my kids. I see it with my family. I see it with myself. I see it being such a distraction often. And the irony is that the phone keeps us isolated from the people when we're with them and distracted by people when we should be isolated from them. Yeah. It's wild to really think about like a time and most people listening to this podcast remember this time, but like there was a time where we didn't have those. Things. I know, and I can't and even like, remember that. What a gift that was, obviously, without even knowing it. But to think that you would sit at dinner and then you just are all at dinner or you're on the couch and everyone's just watching the same thing, you know, like I just, it is such a pure time yeah. that existed for most of this, you know, world's existence. But yeah, it's just crazy to think what has shifted so drastically in relationship because of that. Yeah. 
It is. It's nuts. I'm, I'm going to say that statement one more time because I, I want to make sure it sinks in, and I'm not sure I said it exactly right. But the irony of the phone is that it keeps us isolated from people when we're with them, and it keeps us distracted by people when we should be isolated from them. Yeah. Yeah. So just let that sink in. Just think about that. It may not impact all of you, but it certainly kind of resonates with me in this particular season of my life. Yeah, I think it it resonates with me as a mom because it's really, for me, easy to think like with Pepper, oh, she's not, she doesn't know that I'm looking at my phone. She's over there tinkering or she's over there doing whatever. But one day I actually tried this where I was like, I I was on my phone, but I was kind of just watching her out of the side of my eye. Her behavior when I was on my phone was so much worse than when I was just sitting with her and being present. Um, she knows that and she knows I'm going to act out to get your attention. Yeah. And so it just really be, became something I su- try to be more aware of. I'm not perfect at it, but try to be more aware of with around her when she's like, you know, trying to engage with me. I just think that's such a, as parents, we have such a short amount of time to give them our whole energy yeah. and, and, you know, focus. And I think one day we'll regret not, yeah, you know, like just saying, oh, it's okay. Oh, just brushing it off. Like they don't notice or they don't notice when they're at soccer practice and I'm looking down at my phone. Like you've seen all those viral videos where the kids are constantly like looking up to see if their parents are paying attention. And yeah, they are there. And I've noticed that with Pepper, even like, let's say late in the evening before, before her bedtime, we usually put on a little something to help her chill mm-hmm. out. And I can be sitting there with her and she's watching. So I'm like, I don't want to watch this cartoon. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I'll just pull up Instagram real yeah. quick. She instantly notices yeah and we'll either get up and leave or like Mm -hmm. but if i just put the phone down and watch with her Mm -hmm. it changes her behavior yeah totally so that's good yep all right so that's the relational you can see how distractions i think it makes sense how distractions can keep your relationships from going to an intimate level and then there's professional and studies show us that distractions make us ineffective when it comes to our work i read a incredible book years ago by Greg McCowan called Essentialism. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this podcast, you've never read that book, you really should. It is a fantastic book. But he explains how the new cool word for distraction uh, is uh, actually is, is multitasking, that we, we call it multitasking when in fact it, all it really is is distractions. And he goes into the history of multitasking. I didn't know this. The word multitasking was in, first invented in 1965 by IBM to describe how a computer could do multiple things at one time. Mm. The problem is we are not computers. We're human beings and we cannot do multiple things at one time effectively. Well, yeah. Effectively. And for example, uh, the average person sitting at their desk, according to the study, is that they check their email every five minutes in the midst of whatever else they might be doing, right? The problem with it, they said, is that it, on average, it takes 64 seconds to resume the previous task after you finish checking the email. So because of email alone, even if you're not responding to anything, you're just looking at it. You're losing one out of every six minutes of your day. I remember that statistic um, when I worked kind of in the agency world where you are, 
you know, you've got clients that are emailing you, but then you're also having to be productive yourself. And there are these like systems that I think they're, I forget what they're called. Maybe it's agile working or time blocking or whatever, but they showed if you, you know, say I'm doing an hour of my email and nothing else. And then I'm going to do an hour of brainstorming and nothing else. Literally like creating these time blocks. There are companies who are built through that. They literally turn off internet for, you know, an hour at a time. And the productivity went up like crazy, which is just wild. You'd think like, Oh, I'm just going to keep, you know, tabs on everything and I'm going to just keep it up as much as you can, but it does. It just tanks you. Yeah. McCowan said, and I love this. He said, so when I hear people say they're multitasking, all I hear is my attention is scattered. I feel stressed out and I don't do anything well. That's true. That's crazy. I need to do a better job of blocking through my day because I bounce from stuff. I'll write for two minutes, check email, write two more minutes, look at Instagram. Yeah. And it is keeping me from being fully engaged. This day and age when so many people work from home, like it's so much harder. Like you then add in taking out the trash and doing the dishes and playing with your kids for a second. Like it just is amplified. I feel like it's all over. It's all over the place. So a couple of clarifications that I want to make uh, in regards to distractions and eliminating them. The first one is this distraction is not the same as divine interruption. And I base this off of just looking at Jesus in the Bible. Jesus was someone who seemed to be entirely undistractable on one hand, but on the other hand, he was very interruptible. Hmm, That's a really good distinction. And, And I think about quite often the best moments of my life come from unexpected interruptions, right? Mm-hmm. So some of my best parenting moments come from, you know, unexpected interruption. My boys calling and saying, hey, can you play golf this afternoon? Or Pepper walking to my office and saying, can you read this book, mm-hmm. right? And some of the best moments I've had with friends, I think, come from, you know, when I think about my best moments with my friends, rarely has it happened on my schedule. Yeah. It's been some kind of interruption, right? And so for me, the bottom line is that a healthy life is one which we learn to avoid the unhealthy distractions so that you can be open to the divine interruptions. Right. Because like the distraction often is a negative force where those divine interruptions are positive. Yes. It's like the same, your attention's away, but what you're allowing your attention to yep. be moved towards. So what we're looking at is unhealthy mm-hmm. interruptions. Mm-hmm. And the, these unhealthy interruptions are often caused by good things or things that need to be done at some point. We're just doing the good things at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, um, and that kind of leads me into this, this second point I wanted to make, which is distraction is often the good keeping you from the essential. And I've talked about how I kind of outlined my day before. And um, I've, I've used this now for probably seven years. It's very simple. On my, like, when I look at my day, obviously I have meetings that are kind of scheduled all throughout the day, but I have what I call the big three. There's are three things I feel like I have to accomplish today in order for it to be successful. Mm-hmm. Like, these are essential things that need to be done today. Yeah. And underneath that, I have a to-do list. And there's often 10 things on that to-do list. It could be everything from mowing the grass to making a doctor appointment. Yeah. But it's not going to ruin my life if those things don't get done. Mm -hmm. And I keep those two lists separate 
because the way the mind works, the mind is almost always everybody's mind is looking for an easy win. Mm -hmm. Something that's why a lot of people are are addicted to to do list. Mm -hmm. The problem with the to do list is they're not prioritized. You just got a list of all these things you got to do. Right. So you can feel like you're being really productive because you're crossing off a bunch of things, and they're good things, things that need to get done, but they're not essential. Yeah. And so you have to be able to separate what's essential for my day to be successful that I need to get done. Only I can do. And what are these things that you know what? If they don't get done today, it's not a big deal. Yeah. So at the end of my day, if I cross off my big three, but I still have 10 things to do on my to-do list, I know I'm okay. I'm all right. I did enough today. Yeah. Those things are going to roll over to tomorrow, and hopefully I knock out a couple of them tomorrow, but they're not essential. Yeah. But if I'm not careful while my drifts to that to-do list, because it's easier often, mm-hmm. and there are little things I just need, I can do, and it feels great. I'm crossing stuff off my list, but I'm not getting the most essential things done with my day. Yeah, I think about that a lot um, lately, especially with um, getting up in the morning. So Pepper wakes up at seven and usually we have about an hour like of just being awake without her, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes, sometimes not. Sometimes 30 minutes. Um, But I was thinking the other day, I'm like, why? I usually use that hour to like, you know, I'll make the bed and then whatever dishes are, that are dried, putting them up and then, you know, taking care of all the like little menial tasks. But if I use that hour to further, you know, the things I'm wanting to do with, you know, business stuff or education. Like I have a courses I'm trying to take. If I would use that hour for that. Mm-hmm. And then when Pepper's awake, I can do all those things. I can't take a course when Pepper's awake. So it's like, it, that, again, that's an example of what seems good. Yep. Like I'm being helpful, keeping me actually from what I would say is a big goal of mine being the essential but it's really easy to just like, eh, I'll, I'll do that again yeah. another day. But that would be a big three item that just keeps getting pushed because I feel like, oh, I'm just too busy. I'm just, I am busy. But at the same time, like if I prioritized when I do those things and think I could actually do that when I'm with Pepper, like, yeah. you know, there's just a lot of little things you can tinker with and realize when you do that inventory, um, how you can actually shift it and finally get more productive yeah. in a good way. It, it reminds me, there's an illustration, you've seen me do this many times in, when I'm speaking, where I'm talking about priorities. And it's that illustration where you have the glass jar and you have, you know, like a, a mm-hmm. gigantic bag of rice yeah. and like three or four tennis balls. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, you know, the rice represents just all the little things you got to do every day. You know, shower, brush your teeth, clean your house, mow your grass. Uh, it's just all the little things that stack up, right? Mm-hmm. And if you start with all those things and then try to add those four tennis balls, and I think most people have seen this illustration before, they don't fit. But the tennis balls represent the big things. The big things, like important family things. family and yes. finances. Things that matter, and, yeah. you know? And it, for me, it's it's my big three that I need to accomplish that day to be mm-hmm. successful, right? If I put those in first and then add the rice, it all fits. Yeah. And a perfect example, can I use an example from yesterday? Sure. From your life? Sure. You had a very small window of time yesterday afternoon, and we had family coming over. Mm-hmm. And so we needed to pick up the house, but you also needed to shoot a reel. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I, I just, I'm going to clean because I don't have time to do the reel. And I said to you, no, no, no. Do the reel first. Right, because only you can do the real. Mm-hmm. And if there's still a mess left up before family gets here, I can help. Uh, maybe it doesn't all get picked up, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Maybe it's not perfect like you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But start with what only you can do, and what's most important. Yeah, that's and good. then let everything else fill in. And it did. It did. Yeah, but it's like sometimes you almost even need to be permissioned to it as well. Yeah, and not you don't have to be, but sometimes you feel like 
you know, oh, well, that, this is part of my role. I need to do this. I need to keep mm-hmm. this, you know. So, yeah, that was that was a good, you life coached me in that moment. A life coached the <laughs> crap out of you. Don't you guys wish you were married to a life coach? <laughs> Just kidding. No, it's All right. Great. And, the, and the last little point here was uh, learning to prioritize is really essential. Um, I think a lot of people are asking, how can I get more done? And I get this a lot in coaching. I need to get more done in my day. I need to get more done in my week. I need to get more done this year. And I think that's the wrong question. The uh, question I text my clients a lot is, hey, how's your week going? Are you getting the right things done? It's not how can you get more done. It's are you getting the right things things done? Your Mm -hmm. success, I believe, will be determined as much by what you don't do as by what you do do. Nice. I always giggle a little bit when I say do do. <laughs> I think you've said that sentence before on this podcast. And Many times. Awkward silence. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's good. Prioritizing is hard because you're, like you said, it's almost an addiction to do, to like yes. get things done and to put off the hard things or the big things because um, it maybe either feels like a longer road to getting there or it's just going to be a pain. Um, but the peace you get in your soul accomplishing those three things versus accomplishing a hundred little things is actually in my experience a lot more like I have a lot more peace Yeah. because in the back of my mind, the things that I really want to do in life, like big goals are stagnant even when I'm doing a hundred things. So it's like, it's, it's weird. You'd think it'd be the opposite. You'd think you'd feel like, Oh, I'm super productive. I'm good. And maybe some people feel that way, but I know like for me, when I'm tackling those, those big things, it does, it just feels like, okay, I'm stepping forward. I'm moving forward out of the menial tasks and like actually doing something. Yeah. Yeah. And so I would just say, think about some of the major areas of your life. The two we talked about were relational and professional relationally speaking. I think we would all agree in our culture today, one of the biggest distractions is your phone. One of the biggest distractions that you can manage, right? Like if you're married and have three kids, you got three great big distractions Mm -hmm. there, right? That's just part of life. It's part of parenting. Not a whole lot you can do about that. There are some things in your life that are creating distractions, relationally speaking, that are keeping your relationships from going to a deeper level. And, you know, practically speaking, whether that's, you're going to put your cell phones away at 6.30 p.m. every night or 7 p.m. or the first hour of your day, you're not going to have your phone on. You're going to connect uh, with the relationships that matter the most. I don't know what it looks like, and it's not my job to tell you exactly what that looks like, but to just be aware that that is um, whether the people around you have said anything or not, they probably feel like that's a distraction to you connecting on a deeper level. On the professional side of things, I think the most practical thing you can do is creating some kind of new way you organize your day mm-hmm. uh, where you have two or three big things that you say, I, I've got to focus on these things and everything else. Um, if I get to it, I get to it, but I have got to prioritize what's essential over what's good. Yep. That's good. I like it. That's helpful. The big three thing I think is one of the most practical things you've done in your like organization of your day ever. That's huge. It's been just, it sounds so simple, but just like that, that structure, that simplicity of three has just been a game changer for you. So, yeah. And I'd, sometimes there's only two things. Yeah. Yesterday there were five. So that's too many, <laughs> but I got to all five. I was like, I, these five have to be done today. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's good. 
Well, guys, I hope that was helpful. Hopefully it helps you kind of take an inventory of um, just everything going on in your life. That's hard to do in and of itself, but um, hopefully this is encouraging and a little practical to help you um, knock through those questions and kind of shape up your life maybe in a way that makes you a little more living more essentially. Yeah. That sounds like a book. Living more essentially. Um, like <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we hope you have an awesome week. If you guys are in Michigan, um, I don't know what percentage of, the, of our listeners are in Michigan. We hope to see you this weekend. Um, and I hope you have a great week. We will be back next week with another good talk. And that I just I just ended it with our ending. Okay, ready? That was another good, good talk. talk.